0: Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to.
1: This week, we have an extra special mini episode. We have an exciting chat with bestselling author of the beloved Bridgerton series, Julia Quinn, ahead of the release of Netflix's Queen Charlotte and Julia's new book that is co-written with Shonda Rhimes. All
0: right, let's get into it. We're just doing a quick little mini app. This is fun. Um, I, I have to say your, your mom, Sarah, founder of freshfiction.com sent me a Slack message and was like, Hey, do you want to interview? Julia Quinn?" <laughs> and I was like, yes. And she's mm-hmm. like, Hey, let me forward this email. And we made it happen. This is all like, this all happened within the last week. So yeah. we're very excited. It's going to be super fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, let's check in. Let's do a quick vibe. How's it going?
1: It's going well. I it's so funny. I um was just like listening to one of our last, like our latest episodes, putting it together. And mm-hmm. I was like so blown away by past Gwen and her whole like, I might be moving, I might be going somewhere. <laughs> and I'm now sitting in my new office and yeah. my new house. <laughs> like,
0: Amazing. Oh.
1: So yeah, so it's moved in, settling into the new place. Um, we spent the first two and then, then I'm about to be spending the first two weeks of May traveling all over from New York to San Francisco. So it's awesome. just busy, busy, busy right now.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wow. What about you? It's good. This week, we finally have spring like weather again <laughs> in Chicagoland um, until this weekend, which is very annoying. This weekend is supposed to be like rainy and cold the no. whole time. I know it's so we keep getting these like teasers of, of springtime. It's really annoying, but, but other than that, it's good. I've been going on walks. I've been, you know, just trying to be outside. Yeah. Ivy, Ivy is such, my daughter is such a like spring summer kid. Like she just, she, we don't do anything. She just likes to be outside. So Mm -hmm. that has been a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I always enjoy the uh, summer in Chicago updates from you. So I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to get up to this year. Yes, it should be fun.
0: Yeah, because after New York, we're not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs>
1: after,
0: after our very, ni- very nice spring break, we like we keep telling her, she's like, well, when we go to Michigan, because we usually go to Michigan, and we're like, Ivy, do you remember that really nice week-long vacation we went on to New York City, your dream city, vaca- oh, city to vacation in? And she's like, yeah, but we always go to Michigan. And we're just like, oh.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I love her. <laughs> I love her little Michigan summer privilege. It's so I great. know. she, I mean, Michigan, maybe we could
0: take a day trip. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? And but you anyway, you get her there and
1: you're like, you really wanted to come to Michigan. Yeah. And she's like, not that badly. We'll
0: just like drive to Michigan and then come home. Come back. Perfect. I love it. That's the kind of troll I'm here for. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, She's so also she's like so embarrassed by us now, like everything. She's like re- she's even though she's she's not even nine, but she is definitely a tween, and like everything we mm-hmm. do is like so cringe to her. Like she's always just like ugh, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna lean into it. I'm gonna lean into the cringy parenthood because exactly, it's, it's be like hilarious. I love
1: you, and she's like, please, yeah. I don't want to die.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Well, so
1: outside of embarrassing your child, yeah. um, yeah. what has been some, have you had a, an achievement recently?
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. I think I've been talking about this goal literally since we started this iteration of the fresh fiction podcast. Mm-hmm. So what that is what two over two years. Um, I finally went through my office closet. It is so clean. Wow. I'm like, what should I put in there? Right. That's what <laughs> I was know? just thinking. I'm like, what's like going to go take in everything out. And then you're just like, what, what could go in there? There's so many possibilities. I finally just like went through stuff. I just, it, you know, you just accumulate stuff. And so yes. now I'm like, what else is in this house that we need to just get rid of it's been the itch. Almost, yeah it's been almost six years I'm like it's time like we need to clean out the cabinet like hardcore like take everything out mm-hmm. and look at it and be like do we actually need this it is time so um yeah that that is my that. achievement it was it was really satisfying now I I do want to like go through my office my drawers at my desk um, I'm sure I'll find, you know, like that missing cord I've been looking for, for forever that I bought four of since mm-hmm. I lost it, um, which will be very satisfying and upsetting. Uh, <laughs> so many
1: post-it notes that you're going to discover oh, yeah.
0: all the post-its. Gosh,
1: man, it's going to be great. <laughs> what about you, Gwen? What have you, what have you done? Oh my gosh. So since we moved in, in the same sort of vein, uh, I rearranged my desk which I was very nice. excited about. I have two monitors up. It's mm-hmm. sort of looking like a little mm-hmm. bit more functional, but I also, um, having moved, rearranged and coordinated color, coordinated all of our closets. Ooh. So I had to go shopping in my closet, which was very fun. I was like, Oh, I didn't know I had these, Oh, these outfits yeah. go together. Oh, this yep. is so fun. But now everything is coordinated. We don't have like a walk-in closet in the new house. We've got, mm-hmm. we just got like normal wardrobe closets. So yeah. I'm putting like dresses in my in my office I have all of my nice dresses and then like in the guest room are all of like the sweaters and everything's coordinated by color and I'm just like we're going to turn one of the rooms into a dressing room and I'm like this is
0: lovely Mm -hmm. this
1: is fancy I was like let's see how this is going to work I thought I was so worried about not having a walk-in closet and now I'm like this is nice so I can see everything so yeah
0: that's awesome. Do you remember at like forever 21, like that was how it was organized. Like yeah. everything, <clears throat> excuse me, was color coordinated. Like that was so great. But I, we were at one of like our little outdoor malls and the forever 21, there closed. And I was a little, I was
1: like, no, it's been there for a while. What happened? Yeah. When I was in Dallas, the one that was there turned into a Zara's one day. Uh-huh. And I thought that I was like, it's kind of a natural change, but still yeah,
0: it's weird. Yeah, Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. Where, where do the youths buy their clothes now? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what they do. Um, mine goes to target. That's she's like, let's go to target, go shopping. Um, -hmm. cool, cool, cool. Okay. So let's move in. We want to just do, I mean, it's kind of, I feel like this is a big deal that we get to talk to Julia Quinn. Um, beyond Bridgerton I mean she is just she has been writing forever she mm-hmm. has written about a million books I'm not yeah exaggerating that much like she has written so many books just to like you know get kind of the this you know the background out of the way though but we should say that Queen Charlotte is a spin-off of the Bridgerton Netflix series featuring the backstory of I think by far the most fan favorite of all the characters yeah for queen sure Queen charlotte played absolutely amazingly by golda rushville um i watched so many videos to find out how to say her last name uh because it is spelled slightly different than how it sounds so i want to ver- i wanted to verify um and but queen charlotte the show will be available to stream on netflix on may 4th and it looks like just as fun and frothy as bridgerton i'm here for it yeah, me too. Um, yeah,
1: and after talking to Julia about it, and mm-hmm. you guys will get to hear that when we go into the interview. Mm-hmm. Just hearing sort of like the attention to detail that she got to yeah. have with it, and like be a part of the whole experience with Shonda, it's just so I don't know. It's so it's such a cool experience, and such a cool opportunity to see somebody that we as romance fans and romance mm-hmm. industry professionals, having seen this person whose career we've watched yeah. for the entire time, get to have the success and be so. Cool about it too. Yeah, totally, a hundred percent. So, yeah, let's talk. Do you have
0: a favorite Julia Quinn novel?
1: I do. I was like, I get to answer this question. So, mine yeah. is. I love Penelope and Collins' book. I and it's, and I think genuinely, it's because I came to the, I came to the Bridgertons late. I was definitely like mm-hmm. show first, then books. Um, And I just was so obsessed with them on the show that I had to jump right after finishing the first season. I went yeah. and jumped and read the book, and I just. I, I loved it and I know it's not everybody's favorite, but to mm-hmm. me, and I think because I just wanted to see them have that happy ending after feeling so like in love with them after the first season, Yeah, I, I just, and I also like, I always love a, a, a chubbier girl in my book. So yeah. getting okay. to see that on, yes. on screen and on the page is very important to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think to book number four in the Bridgerton series of the books, um, is kind of a turning point because of course you find out who Lady that's when yes. book readers found out who Lady Whistledown was. It was not like the show where you find out at the very end, end you know, book. season one. Yeah, you don't know until book four who Lady Whistledown is. And and the series or the like the trajectory of the book series kind of changes after that. So, no, book number four is definitely like a special book in the series, I think. And I
1: don't know if I said it with the name of it, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Yes. I realized I didn't jump into that.
0: Yes, number four. Okay. My favorite, Julia Quinn, is Bridgerton number six, which is called When He Was Wicked. And it is about Francesca, who is kind of the mysterious Bridgerton. You know, she was mm-hmm. around a little in season one and then I think she's she's not around as much in season two she's like very periphery so far and in the books she's kind of that way because like all of a sudden it's just like oh yeah and Francesca got married and you know everyone's kind of like wait what what do you mean she got married and but she's getting a book like what's happening um but basically, you go into the book knowing that Francesca's husband has passed away. Um, his name is John. They had a really good marriage. It was not a love match, but they they got married and and they come to love each other. But he gets, I believe he gets malaria and that is how he dies, which, you know, is terrible. Um, but his cousin and best friend, Michael, is a former rake and he has been pining after Francesca basically since john and francesca got married so he's Mm -hmm. always felt really guilty about how he feels about like not just his family member you know his cousin but also his very best friend's wife this whole time but you know they kind of come together through their grief they're both missing john and that is how they kind of reconnect um and then they both have to kind of get over like the guilt of like are we betraying john's Mm -hmm. memory but then also uh there, there are two things I want to point out about this book. One is that Francesca, unlike almost every other heroine in the Bridgerton series, is not a virgin in her book. Mm-hmm. So this book is probably the sexiest Bridgerton book, I think, because Francesca like knows what's about to happen. Michael is this rake who, you know, was notorious for- Also knows what's oh, about to happen. Yeah, knows what's <laughs> going on. Um <laughs> But then the other thing is that Francesca kind of doesn't want to get married again because Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm a widow. I have this independence that I'm not going to have if I marry you. Um, So yeah, so there's definitely like a push and pull in book six that I really, really loved. And I think I liked it too, because like I said, you know, this is the sixth book. So it is after kind of the Lady Whistledown, like overwhelming or overlooming Lady Whistledown mystery is happening for those first four books. So yeah, that's my favorite one. Okay. Now let's mm-hmm. switch gears a bit and talk about Shondaland. We, we stand Shonda in this we house, do. Yep. um, like a lot, mm-hmm. big, big uh, Shonda fans in this pot. Yeah. <laughs> Grey's anatomy. Of course. Like I was just like blanket, let's just say, put Grey's anatomy out there. That is like, mm-hmm. you know, the shining star, I think there's yeah. Shondaland, um,
1: although Bridgerton is up there, right? I know it's really it's chasing right up it. there. I said I think,
0: that and I was like, Ooh,
1: <laughs> but I feel like it's because Grey's has, has like the longevity has the years, yeah. has the decades behind Seriously, it. Seriously, it like ju- Literally
0: just like a couple of weeks ago, I believe it got it. They, they signed on for a 20th season. Uh-huh. Like, wow. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So let's talk about some of our fave Shonda land properties.
1: Gwen. This is so fun. I'm I had such a great really excited about your picks here. <laughs> well, I went with ridiculous options because of yeah. course you can pick gray. I mean, obviously gray, yeah, obviously sure. private practice. I even really liked off the map. I thought that was a,
0: yeah, it was
1: real cute. It was fun. Yeah. Um, there was, what was it? Mismatched. There's so many that she's tried, but I have to go back in time to her first two scripts. Oh my gosh. What a time. (laughs) First one being the, uh, just, you know, classic Britney Spears led film Crossroads starring Anson Mount, who was also like a total babe in that movie. Um, Rosario Dawson was in it or is it Zoe Saldana?
0: Zoe Saldana was in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like right after she did um, *Center Stage*, so mm-hmm. it was like big. And then yeah. um, Taryn Manning was the third best friend. <laughs> they go on a road trip, yeah. but Shonda wrote the screenplay for this. Yeah, like *Baby Spears* debut film. Um, <laughs> and it's not bad. It's actually it holds up. I think genuinely, despite the Britney of it all, like if they had maybe even had like a stronger actress in that care in that role, mm-hmm. it would still, it would be so good. It's such yeah, it like, a good really show. Great. Yeah. Um. And then I'll jump over and say it. Uh, Princess Diaries two. Yes. Royal engagement. Cannot forget. That's a wonderful film. It's I don't so know why good. people like
0: knock it down. That's a really good. Movie. Yeah.
1: And the fact that she was able to like make us forget about Michael Mouskowitz, mm-hmm. uh, who like in the books is like the main yeah. love interest, and like completely forget mm-hmm. about him, make Chris Pine like our love. Like the, it. It. Great job, Shonda. Excellent.
0: Yeah yeah oh my gosh well I mean I think Chris yeah Chris Pine probably had something to do with that but also probably what about you so yeah we talked about Grey's Anatomy um my Grey's Anatomy watching has really tapered um (laughs)
2: like
0: I think I I started watching one randomly like one week like I actually I like was watching something on Hulu and I was like oh Grey's Anatomy and I was like what is
1: this show um (laughs) so I'm watching old episodes of Rain it's okay
0: well, okay. This is funny because I have a rain c- a connection because I recently finished my rewatch of rain. Uh, but anyway, I want to talk about a show that lasted not even a full season mm-hmm. that I think I was the only person watching <laughs> it's called still Starcrossed, which came out, I think in 2018. Um, And it is based off of a YA novel that is like a continuation of Romeo and Juliet Uh with Rosaline, who becomes a Capulet, like she's a Capulet, which I don't think is canon, um, and Benvolio. And like to end the strife between the the Capulets and the Montagues, Rosaline and Benvolio get married or are forced to get married. I don't even remember if they get married, to be honest. Hmm. I think they're engaged on the show. Anyway. Still Starcross walked so Bridgerton could run. Like, Shonda has been trying to do this for a while. And because the big thing when Still Starcross was announced was that it was going to be diversely cast. Mm -hmm. And people were up in arms about it. Like, they did not know what to do with it. And I think it took that show and that show bombing for people to really be like, well, why did it bomb? And what can we do to make it better? And I think... So then when Bridgerton did come out and it was diversely cast, um, it, even though people were, no, I mean, we don't need to talk about like the hate that the show got because of yeah. that and continues to get because of that. Um, but yeah, it was like, I think here was someone, you know, I don't know who at Shondaland, it, who it was, but someone was like, no, we can make a historical esque show with people of color and it'll totally be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the rain connections here so on season or season four of rain there was a well see seasons one through three there was a character who was fully fictional he's not real but he's his name was sebastian and he was the bastard son of king henry ii who is king fran you know future king francis's like bastard brother he left rain to be on Still Starcross. I forgot. He he was he ended up playing Paris who, you know, again, see this the show is not Still Starcross still had Paris alive. Um spoiler <laughs> uh Count Paris dies in the play. Um mm-hmm. but anyway, but yeah, so he left Rain to be on the show. I mean, the show ended up not making it and also Rain ended up ending as well. Um but then also Queen Mary herself, Adelaide Kane is now on Grey's Anatomy. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. And I, and I know one of the ladies in waiting had like a two or three episode arc mm-hmm. on station 19. So it's just like, I mean, is it rain? Is it Shonda? These, these properties make the world go round, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, in my research, I was like, look at all these people that I'm literally like, you know, what have on in the background while I'm preparing for this podcast, Absolutely. uh, Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Queen Charlotte. I think Queen Charlotte looks really interesting. Um, I think it, yeah, it should be interesting to see kind of how that informs Bridgerton going forward, you know, because we are getting like Lady Danbury's backstory and obviously Queen Charlotte's backstory and I think we're also getting like Lady Bridgerton's backstory a bit too. So this should be really fun. I think it's going to be cool. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll get to our interview with bestselling author of the Bridgerton series, Julia Quinn. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Julia. We are so thrilled to have you on today. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. I kind of want to like back up a bit cuz you know there have been two seasons of Bridgerton mm-hmm. and now we're moving into the into Queen Charlotte as well as the book that's coming out. But I want to know what has it been like seeing your books adapted for television, for the screen.
2: <laughs> um it's crazy and wonderful it's you know I I mean I get asked that a lot and I don't even know how to describe it it's just Mm -hmm. like every day something new and delightful seems to happen um or at least like you know when the show is like just coming out like all of a sudden you're just like oh my gosh we're gonna have Bridgerton tea and then it's like (laughs) they talked about me on like Colbert and (laughs) um it's it's just like it seems like every day something just crazy happens. And I, you know, kind of like, is this my life?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: totally. <laughs> I guess what I have to say is the experience is so much more than just seeing my books unfold on the screen because it has turned into like this part of the cultural zeitgeist in a way that I could never have. Tried. I imagine it has to be really wild to see like merch not just like merch that you would have made or had anything to do with but like
1: that, that the Hollywood zeitgeist is able to put up together for you.
2: Yes. The merch is crazy. And I usually don't find out about it until it's pretty far along. So (laughs) for example, like I just found out recently and it's for sale. You can buy it now. The Bridgerton Lacoste collaboration. Well, (laughs) it's, You know, so it's actually Netflix Lacoste. They picked a few shows and with each show, the Lacoste, it's a crocodile, not an alligator. The crocodile (laughs) is is like special in some way. So in the Bridgerton collaboration, the crocodile has a Queen Charlotte wig on. Yes. (gasps) I know you have to look it up. It's pretty adorable. And so I, um, I mean, I will hopefully get some, they will send me some, but I couldn't wait. So mm-hmm. I have bought the baseball hat myself. Oh my I like, gosh. that's I, know, so well, I walked past, I was in London for the London premiere and the LaCoste store was right near my hotel. And I was just like, "Get one! I can't, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> oh of course the gosh. people in the store are not, you know, they're not, they don't, they're not able to comp you anything. So I just, I paid for it. You're like, okay, it's fine.
1: <laughs> Everyone's
2: getting them for Christmas. maybe
1: so,
2: maybe so.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think some of this probably speaks to the juggernaut that is Shondaland. They are such a renowned production team. I'm I'm wondering if you can give us some insight into, like, what the process has been like working with them. Because, I mean, I still sporadically watch Grey's Anatomy, you know,
2: so... So what has that been like? <laughs> They're great. I, I I often joke, I'm like, Shondaland is the best land. Um, <laughs> in truth, you know, I did very early on in the whole process, grant them complete creative control. You know, I don't necessarily work directly with them mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis because I did say, here, you take this, you do your magic because they know how to do it. But every step of the way, I, you know, I have felt so respected. I felt the the work is so respected. I've never once felt like people are like, oh, we're just dealing with romance novels. No, they love it. And they're just, everybody's like, we love the books. We love the stories. We're so excited about it. And, you know, I remember when we were still working out the contracts, um, you know, part of it was like, you know, which characters are covered, you know, because it was complicated because some of the characters who are in the Bridgerton books are also in other books that are not Mm -hmm, necessarily been optioned. And I could just tell by what was coming in from their side that, you know, it wasn't just sort of like, oh, we're just want to just get these books in case we want to do something like they had really thought about it. Like we're going to use this and that and not that. And this it was very easy to trust them with everything because I just mm-hmm. knew that they loved it as much as I did. Awesome. Yeah. And that
1: makes such a big difference. And I, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, you and Shonda are collaborating on your new book together, Queen Charlotte, mm-hmm. Is it like writing for a character whose fate you already
2: know. Well, first of all, I kind of do know the fate of the characters I'm writing mm-hmm. about. Because I do write romance novels and they all have happy endings. Right. It right. wasn't that different. The, <laughs> That's the big true. It was a different fate for this one um, because they, you know, we know that Queen Charlotte doesn't have a complete happy ending. Right. So, so that was a little different. And and the other big difference in the book for me was that I was writing from four points of view. The book alternates between you have the king and the queen, but you also have uh, Lady Danbury or young Lady Danbury, as we call her, and young Brimsley. Um, And that was a big departure for me because with my romance novels, I I adhere very tightly to just the main characters and their Mm -hmm. point of view. And I think um, I could count on, on one hand or less than one hand, the times I've written scenes that don't have one of my main characters in it because I only write from their points of view. And those are all in my very, very early books before I sort of settled into mm-hmm. you know, my, my way of working. Um, so this was very different to, to go and delve into other points of view as well. Um, and in terms of having a writing partner, it was really cool. It was, um, well, I should back up a little here and explain, You know, we weren't like holed up in some room working this out, but it was very much taking turns. She wrote the scripts mm-hmm. and I took the scripts and adapted them and, and tore them apart and put them back together and made a novel so it's complete like reverse engineering of what happened yeah, yeah. and um so she you know it there was a big element of trust um which i'm incredibly complimented by you know she just said look i don't know how to write a novel so here are the scripts you do what you do best which was basically exactly what i did with bridgerton i took the mm-hmm. books and said, do what you do best yeah and, you know, I did obviously check in with her along the way to make sure we were kind of on the same page, but really, you know, I had incredible leeway to decide what made a good novel out of this. And so, you know, there were some elements that aren't there. Like, you know, the television show goes back and forth between two time periods. Mm-hmm. In the book, I only really focus on the earlier time period. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't feel like it was going to work well going back and forth, given the structures of a novel and also the space constraints of the novel. I mean, it's mm-hmm. already like 95,000 words just in that yeah. time. <laughs> <So. laughs> Which is
1: such a bigger difference between like, you know, the show has multiple, even if it covers one series, one book, it has multiple episodes to do that and can really like draw it out. You know, in a
2: television show, you've got, you know, shorter scenes and okay. your an initial narrator. And so it's just kind of, it's it's structured differently. And so you really, yeah have to uh break down the architecture and rebuild and 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 I don't think I really understood the difference in the architecture of these two media forms until I really started until I worked on this project. I mean obviously mm-hmm. I've read a lot of scripts because you know I've had all of Bridgerton so I kind of got it but I hadn't ever had to like really dig in and take it apart and see what made things work before. Mm.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So we're kind of talking about craft a bit. My next uh, question is a little selfish because I'm a baby romance author. Um, oh, okay. All right. And my, well, my debut came out last year. My my second book comes out this year, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, but I want to know, do you have any advice for aspiring um, or very early in their careers, <laughs> romance authors?
2: Um, You know, my main advice is probably pretty unsatisfactory and may sound like I'm trying to get out of helping, but the main advice really is that I'm not the person to ask anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially if you're asking about the business end of things, because I, I sold my first, when I sold my first book, I didn't even have an email address. Um, So it's just totally different and there were no eBooks. And so like, I just, it's so different. You, I mean, yeah. the best thing to do is to talk to somebody who is at a similar stage or, or like one not a step ahead of you. Um, yeah. Or just like, I'm just, you know, totally, I, I just, I don't know what you need to know. <laughs> uh, in terms of craft and stuff, um, that's a little different. Yeah. Uh, I can maybe be a little more helpful. Honestly, for me, like the hardest thing is just planting your butt in the chair and doing it. And mm-hmm. I was like if there was another way to write a romance novel I would have figured it out by now although now with this whole chat GBT or whatever it is who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like Frank frankly that I'm a little that that stuff scares me a little I like, people are like oh have yeah. you tried it and I was like no just no not. <laughs> the
1: world will become very good editors as we send it through oh. chat Gbt and just have to <laughs> proofread it
2: oh I yeah I I I just I can't do it I just I I just I don't even want to like look yeah. at it it's right. really it freaks me out. It really freaks me out. Um, but I mean, I guess really just, you know, and it's kind of like trial and error to figure out what works for you and mm-hmm. to be very much aware that what works for you in terms of process, especially, is different for everyone. And I, you know, I've I've had I've this didn't happen to me so much you know, in part, because when I was writing my first books, I I didn't even know about RWA or writer's groups or anything. So I was just kind of figuring it out as it went along. But, you know, I've met a lot of writers who are, you know, worried that they're doing it wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and the thing is, if you're writing romance, the, the only things that you can really do wrong are not have a happy ending. I mean, that in terms of final product, in terms of your process, there's no wrong way. Um, you know, so I'm always very careful to tell people like, look, this is, this is what I do. And this is what works for me, but it doesn't mean that's going to work for you. Um, you know, I have friends who say like, I, I do, I, they just have to start. Like they don't do an outline or anything. Like I can't do anything until I start and like work on the characters. And then I remember, um, I think it was Suzanne Brockman. Mm -hmm. I heard her speak once and she's, and, and I don't know if she does this for all her books, but she was talking about this book that she wrote an 80 page outline for a category romance, which is what, like (laughs) 200 pages long. And I was like, I think that's a first draft. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it's a totally different thing, but obviously it works for her because she's a brilliant writer. And, you know, the other writers I know, they're all brilliant too. And, you know, I'm somewhere in between. And you just have to figure out, you know, what works for you in the process. What are you, what are you good at? Are you are are you good at dialogue? I mean, I think I'm good at dialogue. I'm not great at descriptions. That's why if you read my books, you'll see like more of a focus on the things that I'm good at. Mm -hmm. And so I just think as you work and grow as a writer, you will figure out what works for you. And, you know, my biggest advice would be embrace that and just, you know, run with it.
0: That's amazing. Yes. Wonderful. Needed to hear it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um,
2: I know too, I know our listeners
0: and if by listeners, I actually mean me and Gwen. Um, we're dying to know, are you working on anything new? If you can tell us about it. <laughs> I'm not.
2: Um, but I, I probably will be at some point cool. here. Okay, I, I mean, okay. I, yes. I'm aware that I, you know, it's probably time to, you know, start like a book that's not like Queen Charlotte, um, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, was a very different thing for me. Yeah. I don't know what I will do with it. Um, but Uh, You know, I I went through a period where honestly, you know, I I think most romance fans know that in 2021, my family had a a tragedy, my father and my sister were killed by a drunk driver, um, which was, you know, easily, you know, the worst thing that's ever happened in my life, and I just didn't want to write, honestly, I just, I just didn't want to do it, and, you know, I am I'm very fortunate that, you know, financially, I was able to say I didn't want to do it. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, because I know that for a lot of people, that would not be the case. Uh, But I didn't want to. And so I didn't. And so actually, the Queen Charlotte project was really wonderful, because I I think in part, because it was so different, it kind of like sparked a little, a different part of my writing brain. Mm -hmm but also just sort of like, Ooh, different kind of challenge. And it kind of got me back into it. So i I will always be grateful to the project for that too, for like being, you know, being the thing that made me want to write again after, you know, just going through an incredibly, incredibly difficult and sad time.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. And uh, I, um, well, thank you for sharing that with us. Cause we, we do know that was a very difficult time for you, but, um, It is nice when you can have something to focus on. You know, I know I've gone through difficult things as well. And then when you can kind of turn to something, whether it's like quite a lot of times for me, it's reading romance, you know, I just, that is what I'm going to throw myself into. But also having that thing to focus on really does help out. So I'm glad you found that here.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of the reading as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There was was a lot of that as well. And then also um, working on the graphic novel Mm-hmm. which I had actually been collaborating on with my sister. Um, right. and, and that to me was just the fact that she never got to see it come out was just a kick in the everything. I, I just couldn't believe that, but you know, that was when, when she was killed, that was almost done. I mean, she actually, all of the art was done and everything. Um, and we were just at this stage where we were trying to get the computer files correct and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. So that took a lot of work. I need mean, because it was stuff that I have no expertise in. And so it was really a group effort from a lot. Like I, my two other sisters really helped. Like I, one of my sisters is really, really good with computers. And she had to like, basically like figure out how to break into my sister's computer, uh, get certain things out. And the other sister is in graphic art. So it was really, you know, and then people, HarperCollins. So it mm-hmm. was really, a, a, that took a village to, to get everything ready for transmission Oh, you know, cause, and and you know, and my editor and I joked, like, you know, the whole thing was a learning process for us. Neither one of us had ever done anything with a graphic novel before. Oh so it was really, that took probably a lot more time than it normally would have. So I was really focused on that for a lot of time as well.
1: Well, one thing that we ask all our guests uh, is about what has been bringing them comfort and joy lately. Uh, it could be anything like a new book or a show, a hobby, a snack, but what has been making you happy recently?
2: Oh, what has been making me happy recently? You're going to have to edit out this really long break. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, okay. Here's what I am dog sharing. Oh, my, my, my part-time dog has been making me very happy. My neighbors went on sabbatical last year. And we said, you know, we'll take your dog because, you know, we were like, maybe we'll, you know, we'll see whether we, we, ne- we haven't really had a dog because we travel so much we thought we yeah. can't really care for one, but it would like, you know, we weren't planning to go anywhere. So we'll take the dog. And then when they got back, we said, we need to work something out because we really <laughs> like the dog. And so as it turns out, they're both doctors and they have long hours and, and one, one works full-time, one only works a couple days a week, but she's an anesthesiologist so they're really long days and they mm-hmm. had to hire somebody to come in and feed the dog and everything. So we just take him those two days now. So I have a two-day oh, week dog, which is I love having a part-time dog. It's <laughs> kind of perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so we get a lot of joy from you know the days when the dogs come over, the dog comes oh, over.
1: Oh, I love that. That's such a fun, like I don't know, it seems like such a fun plot for a story too.
2: Fun I can joke. Share. In- I keep joking that we ought to be a modern love column in the New York times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Families that share the dog.
0: Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. That's great. That's
1: perfect. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> And I have to tell you my husband, like I love the dog. My husband is obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like one day <laughs> I was still in bed and he was leaving for work and the dog was on the bed and he's leaning over and kissing the dog. And he's saying, Aww. I love <laughs> you so much. Sometimes it feels my heart is going to explode. And, and then he looked over at me and said, I'll see you tonight. <laughs> wow that's amazing. how
1: easily we're replaced i yeah. know he's super
2: cute he's a morky so he's really small oh. and he he looks like a puppy so he's kind mm-hmm. of like a forever puppy dog which i love like. oh,
1: amazing oh my gosh it makes me want to pet my puppy so much
2: yes he's my so full-time nice. dog yes well i i i don't think i know anyone else who dog shares quite this way and he's so funny it's it's like he's like you know a kid with divorced parents or something like, you know, he comes over and, and, and our neighbors, they live like two houses down. So it's very easy, you mm-hmm. know, he come over and he drops them off and just like runs in. He's like, yeah, see ya, you know, I know where my dog bowl is. <laughs>
1: Perfect. I love it so much too. Cause that's the thing. other thing with dogs, like they have such an adjustment sometimes. So the fact that he feels so comfortable with you is excellent.
2: Oh no, no. He totally thinks he has two houses now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one time um, our neighbor locked himself out of his house. So he's hanging at our house for about an hour until his wife got home. And you could tell the dog was totally confused. He was like, I (laughs) do not understand why you're here. (laughs) Because I have these people at this house and I have these people at this house and you're at the other house. And why are you here? That's so funny. It was really funny.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Julia, we have come to the end of our interview before we let you go. Where can readers, uh, where would you like readers to find you online and to stay in touch with you?
2: Oh, well, I have a website which is, you know, very cleverly juliaquinn.com. Excellent. Um, and that's kind of like the be all and end all. It's, it's actually, it's a very big website and there's a lot of information there. And I hope people, you know, every book has an inside the story and a yeah. soundtrack. So I hope people find all that fun stuff. And then for social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm not on TikTok or Twitter, but, um, but I am there. And I, and I try to be responsive to readers there. Wonderful.
1: Well, Julia, thank you so much for making time for us. We really, really appreciate it, and we are so
2: excited about Queen Charlotte. Thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you, and actually, mm-hmm. online there are also pictures of me with the dog, so you can- Yay! <laughs> awesome, yeah. There's definitely, a couple <laughs> pictures of getting like puppy kisses. So you can see awesome. That.
1: Yes, we'll link okay. to
0: those for sure. <laughs> okay.
1: Julia was fantastic. I had no, the best. The best conversation. I um, and it sucks me. We ran out of time. So we didn't get to ask her all of our questions. But hopefully, just because this was a little mini episode, we will have Julia on again and yes. we can ask her even more questions. For sure. In the meantime, that's kind of the the rest that's of it, the episode, yeah. everybody. Um, you can always follow us on all the socials at Fresh Fiction, and you can find me at Real Vixen. And you can find me at D Jackson Books. You can also email us directly at podcast at Please subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast apps. We really appreciate it. And until next time, happy reading. Bye, everyone.